This was inevitable, really. <laughs> uh, hello, this is Andy, and welcome to the One Up Pod. Uh, we're here for a very special episode. Yeah, we are. You're here because you want to be here. I'm here because life is unfair. <laughs> uh, I'm joined by Chip, and he's here to talk about a major milestone in his gaming life. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm so excited. What are we here to talk about? I mean, if it's not obvious already, we're here to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yep, and the fact that you finally fucking finished it. I finished the game! Yeah! I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be done with it. You must be ecstatic. Yes, the, the nightmare is over. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if, if you've listened to the podcast from the start, you probably know Chip has been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey almost constantly, and it was doing my head in, just to put it mildly. <laughs> it seemed like it was never going to end. But end it did, and it's time for us to both get a bit of closure talking all about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's the end of an era. Yeah, I like to think of it as like a mirror therapy session that we've got going on right now. We're on two different sides <laughs> of it, but it, we're going to get to the same place. Yeah, I, I hope I hope we can kind of both feel like we've put this to bed finally, so <laughs> not, neither of us have to bring it up again. Because it felt like one of us was raising this at some point or another. Usually me is just like a little dig. It's It's been going on for a long time, like on... I don't remember the first episode you brought it up, but it was very early on in the podcast run. I mean, I've been playing it longer than we've been doing the podcast, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Pretty early, I'd imagine. And we're nearly at the end of year two as well, so yeah. this is, that's that's how long this has been going on for. So, before we get to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, let's talk a little bit about your past experiences with the Assassin's Creed franchise as a whole. Okay, that sounds good. That means we can talk about some other really good games as well. So, I first discovered Assassin's Creed when uh, an old flatmate of mine he had the original Assassin's Creed game on PC back in the day and I'd never heard of it up until that point and he he was showing it to me and I was just really impressed with kind of the large-scale battles that were happening and stabbing people you know it was all quite good um and I used to sneak into his room when he wasn't home so I could play it on his PC uh, oh, until <laughs> so he caught me one time and I was like I was just checking my emails I'm sorry like I've been caught watching porn or something on it you know that kind of makes you like a real-life assassin minus the murdering <laughs> parts you're, you're very stealthy well yeah but I got caught in the end you know so yeah. So, so you were going to get chased by the guards at that point, but still, I, I kind of respect that. Thank you, thank you. It was the first game as well, so I was still learning. I was still an apprentice assassin, you know, because I, I never sort of like finished it at that time. It was just to jump on and play like a couple of minutes, just run around sort of fighting people and stuff. I do remember liking the first game. I found the, the sci-fi element a bit off-putting at first. I didn't realise that's what I was going to get. I was hoping to get more like a ancient, medieval mm. version of Hitman, but it's not really that. It's its own thing, which is probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I went back and played it kind of uh, later on, like after I'd played a few more Assassin's Creed games, and I was quite disappointed with it. Like, it's very, very repetitive. That's a word that we're going to use a bit later, so, you know, spoilers. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... it's the, the core of the game is very much you do the same four things again and again and again and then you get some interesting yeah. stuff kind of around that yeah it did feel i do i don't remember actually finishing the first one i do feel like you're right it was very repetitive it was not at all like hitman there wasn't a lot of creativity you could put oh, into God, it. No. You, you could only do a certain set amount of things and every assassination basically ended the same way yeah i got kind of burned out a little bit past the halfway mark but by then i was just like i feel like i've seen everything here so you were burned out on this franchise halfway through the first game <laughs> That explains a lot. <laughs> I did come back and I did enjoy some of the, a couple of the sequels, the, the more immediate sequels anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I came to play Assassin's Creed 2 because I was in Australia at the time and uh, I used to go to this internet cafe and they had it on there and I was like, oh, you know, I played my flatmates the first one in my old flat. So yeah, I'll play this. And it was the first one that I played from beginning to end and just like 
to this day adore that game just fell in love like uh Ezio is still one of my favorite all-time protagonists and I think most people who are Assassin's Creed fans would agree it's, it is the best in the series most people have a real fondness for Assassin's Creed 2 and its spin-off sequels yes like, and Ezio those are very much the standard that they hold the series to you've got to meet that otherwise you're kind of falling short yeah it, it's a difficult it's, it's the pinnacle of the games and it's going to be very very tough for any game to beat that I think like I still remember the TV adverts for Brotherhood and just like I can see them so well in my head because I was so hyped for that game and I ended up getting it for free because I subscribed to, well not really free because I subscribed to Empire Magazine because the game was free when you subscribed so and it worked out a bit cheaper than buying it in the shops plus I got a film magazine once a month for a while uh, so that's how I got that one I remember Unity was the first time I was disappointed in any of the games. Like, I was a big fan up until then. Because oh, right. um, that was just a mess. I found the story the least interesting, you know, outside of all the bugs and the way it launched and everything like that. 3 wasn't great, but I have, a, I have semi-fond memories of it because it was the first to switch away from Ezio and his stuff going yeah. on. So I, I think I remember it more for that than anything else. I enjoyed the boat combat that Free introduced. Yes. That's partly why I, I love Black Flag. That contends with Assassin's Creed 2 as my favourite of the series just because there's a bigger focus. So it kind of moves too, maybe too far away from the Assassin element, but I, I just love the piratey stuff. It's, there wasn't really any good pirate games out at the time, so yeah. I really just went for that one. Yeah. I think that's quite a, um, a common thing amongst fans as well, is that a lot of people say Black Flag is kind of their second favourite around that way. Like, I liked it, but I think because I like all the Assassin's Creed bollocks, like all the lore and all, all yeah. the stuff like that, and because it was kind of away from that a bit, I did like it a little less, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. It's very much a deviation from the, the formula that they'd established at that point. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember not liking Unity and kind of, even without, even taking the bugs out of the equation, because I'm not... I'm not that fussy about bugs, but I mean, because I, I gave Cyberpunk 10 out of 10 when I reviewed it on launch, <laughs> but I just, it just wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it, so I just gave up. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame because, like, if, if you told me there was going to be an Assassin's Creed game that was basically Les Mis, like, that's my shit completely right there, <laughs> so it should have been perfect, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't, unfortunately. I never played Rogue, that was just one of those ones I never got around to, but I really yeah, liked so. Syndicate, like, I think that is probably one of my favourite outside of the Ezio games. I think it's a really underrated title. I actually haven't played Syndicate. I think, like, by Unity, like, I was burned out. I definitely was done before it moved to uh, Origins, I think it was. Yeah. Is that the one in Egypt? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, that, I, I, I was done with the series by the time they'd made that move to the open world, the, the more open world format. Oh, God, yeah, did they go for it? They absolutely went for it. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't play... I, I was kind of similar, like I was kind of done after Syndicate and I got Origins. Origins was one of the only ones that I didn't get come release day when it was first came out. So I, it was one of those ones I picked up on a sale and I enjoyed Origins. I thought it was good. It was nice to see the start of the Assassin's Creed and uh, yeah, it was good fun. And that brings us nicely to Odyssey, I think. It does indeed. Um, so tell us how you came to this game and like what drove you to pick it out. You were saying you were kind of burned out by Assassin's Creed before that point. Did Origins kind of rekindle your interest in the series or was there something else about the game? Oh no, it massively burnt me out more. <laughs> like I, I really like Origins, but it is a big game and Odyssey improves a lot on what Origins tried to do, but there was just a, still a lot of the game. The main story of Origins is really good, but the mission variety when it comes to like side quest is really poor. Right. You know, doing a lot of the, the same stuff and the repetitive stuff, there's that word again. 
was a lot. So I there was a time where I didn't think I was going to play Odyssey at all because I played Origins. I was like, okay, I like the main story, but there was just too much game there and it was just yeah. not good. <laughs> but then Odyssey turned up in a sale one day at a time when I was looking for something else to play and I was like, you know what? Being the fanboy that I am, I'm going to get it. I was wondering if it'd be a sale that swayed it, because that tends to happen to a lot of people, especially with Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Like, I, I was at a point where I was thinking, I might get Valhalla if it's on a really good sale, but then everyone started putting it on for free on their like, Game Pass and PlayStation Plus, so like, it's just, <laughs> I still haven't got it. But So that was one of the things I was telling myself. Like, If a really good sale came up, I might consider going back to Assassin's Creed. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. And now Valhalla's on the, um, the PlayStation Super Magic, Super Brilliant, mid-tier yes. thing so i'm sure i'll play that at some point as well so what were your initial impressions of odyssey um, in those first few hours because they're pretty pivotal whenever you're playing a big game like they help you determine whether you're actually going to go all the distance with it or just yeah. sack it off before you get started so what was that like for you i was really impressed i really liked it like it kind of kicks off like straight into the story i thought it looked really great like one thing ubisoft have done really well is recreate ancient greece like there's um on the actual game, there's you can do like a tour, like a virtual tour of the islands where the characters from the game show you around and they talk about, you know, the detail that they put into making the game. So I thought it looked really impressive. I love the setup for the story. I think Cassandra's a really great protagonist. Like, I'm really glad I picked her over Alexios, who just seems really dull. Uh, and I just had a really, really good time being sneaky and stabbing things, because ultimately that's what I like to do in these games. I think early on I noticed the side quests had more punch to them. They were more meaningful. They told better stories than Origins. And it just generally had a bit more going on. Because obviously Origins is good, but there's a lot of sand and places that are just sand. <laughs> Whereas this had more sort of detail and more world building and that kind of like leaked into the stories and sort of the characters you meet along the way as well. There was a couple of things I didn't like. So in Origins, you can uh, select the enemies to not level with you, which kind of made sense to me because it's like you start out in one area and the, the enemies are sort of your level or maybe slightly above where you're learning the game. And as you progress, you know, you get a bit stronger and you kind of out level the enemy. So you feel like you're becoming more of a powerful assassin. Yeah. But Odyssey doesn't have that option. The only thing you can do is you can have the enemies level within four of yours. So they were always like within four, whether it's higher or lower. So right. throughout the game, I never got the sense that I was becoming a more powerful fighter, a missios, you know, all the battles and the missions kind of stayed the same combat wise. And they ended up, one thing I really didn't like is they nerfed your bow and arrow. So in Origins, you can kill people with a headshot, like that's no problem. But in Odyssey, unless you use one of your sort of super special attacks with a bow, you can't do that. And even then on certain enemy enemies, it doesn't work either. So that was one thing I didn't like. It was like, I get why they've done it because they want to make it more difficult. But if I shoot someone in the head in a game, <laughs> I, I kind of like them to go down straight away. But for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it improved on a lot of things that Origin had kind of set up and started to do. I feel like if you shoot someone in the head with an arrow in real life, they would fall down dead. So that seems a weird thing. To <laughs> yeah, I don't have much experience of that, but I'd imagine so. And... It is weird what you said about the levelling up of the enemies, because these more recent games, they're adopting more of an RPG style of gameplay. Yeah. And the whole thing with RPGs is there are different areas with different leveled enemies. Yes. So some areas are too difficult for you to go into, so you need to level up. Some yeah. areas are really easy, so you can just start farming XP and stuff. You can't really do that if you're just constantly roughly at the same level as your enemies. That, that kind of takes away the sense of progression. That, that, that's a weird choice, that. Yeah, and for a game that 
it's like you should do a lot of grinding because you're going to need a lot of resources to upgrade your boat and stuff like that the having a reason to grind like you said to get to a level so you can go into an area or a base or a fort or whatever it is to be able to do it without being overwhelmed that that kind of is taken away from you i shouldn't be too surprised about ubisoft making weird game design choices but that is a really weird one kind of <laughs> counterintuitive yeah definitely so let's getting into the like the idea of open world design do you think that's been beneficial to the series or would you prefer to go back to basics it's it's yes and no but it's more like 75 25 in terms of where i fall on those and yes, because it's great to have these giant worlds to assassinate around in. But no, because Ubisoft are incapable of filling these big worlds with meaningful content. Yeah. They, they spent so much effort in building these worlds, but not in actually making them interesting with stuff to do because before i finished odyssey i was just going around like i knew i was on the final couple of missions so i was i was coming to an end so i was going around all the islands and i was like uh crossing off stuff from the map the camps the tombs the hunting of legendary animals and all that kind of like sidey stuff and it's all exactly the same like the camps look a bit different and stuff like that but there's no variety in it it's the same thing over and over again and i'm someone who has that brain where it releases a weird chemical when i can cross stuff off like i think we've mentioned this on the podcast before yes, yeah definitely. yeah so it, it kind of worked for me because it's like zoning out you know i can just sit there for an hour or two i can just tick off these things do the same thing use the same strategies that i've used before and it works but i played this game over two and a half years <laughs> and i've played and completed many other games in that time because if i tried to play odyssey from beginning to end with my weird semi-completionist need i would have fucking hated it like, there's no way I, I needed many breaks away from it i had to play it in very small chunks uh, normally around the time we were going to record a podcast just to upset you um yeah figured <laughs> but uh yeah yeah I, I had to step away from it whenever it become slightly tedious because uh, like having these well-crafted and nice to look at huge maps is really great but if they're just devoid of anything interesting or varied to do then it's just a hindrance you know like give me a linear assassin's creed game over anything like this again like please but i, I hear that valhalla is even bigger as well which is yeah. a big worry so i pretty much decided that when i do play that eventually i'm just going to be focusing on the main story and not anything else like i'm not going to do any of the side quest stuff unless i come across it like i'm not going to go searching for it so you know semi-completionist brain be damned so yeah having these extended open worlds like it has helped this series and franchise in some respects like it changed up the formula when it really needed to do that but i it's also really hurt it a lot too in my opinion like it can make the games just a real chore and a lot of the stuff just feel utterly pointless like, it exists purely to say in the marketing, hey, you know, we've got this big open world, look at it, woo! I think that's very much Ubisoft's open world philosophy in general. Yeah. Like I, I loved Far Cry 3, I remember, like, loving that, but they seem to have taken the success of that game and just applied it to everything they make now. Literally it everything. everything feeling unique. Like, yeah. Assassin's Creed felt unique, and now everything seems to have these this weird approach that Far Cry has and has beaten to death on all of its own. It didn't need any help, but they <laughs> decided to make it more difficult for the rest of us to enjoy anything they do. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, you can just chart everything from that game as well. Like, every Far Cry has been getting worse and worse ever since then. And, like, I played Watchdog, Watchdog's Legion when that came out, and I did quite enjoy that game, but it was the same 
It, it almost yeah. felt like a modern Assassin's Creed, except you use a drone instead of a big knife, you know? With the Watchdog games, you have to like draw a line when you're going to stop like, ingesting the content and just finish the story and yeah. move on. Yeah. Can, the completionist thing just doesn't really... It's, I mean, it's hard work with an Ubisoft game, so, and as we know, because it's been over two years for you with this game. <laughs> <laughs> so long. It's, uh, so with that in mind, like, what is it that kept bringing you back to this game? You said like earlier that you would take breaks from it because otherwise it would just completely burn you out or just fuck you off completely. So what, <laughs> what is it that kept bringing you back be- beyond tormenting me for the podcast? That is? <laughs> oh, beyond that. Um, well, <laughs> no, I, I do. <laughs> thing is, I do like the game. I think at its core, it's got a good story, good characters, and the main plot and you know kind of have like your side quests and have your like your mini job side quests and stuff like that the side quests are really good it's when yeah. it there's anything below that when it really starts to just pull it down so I, what brought me back is i did enjoy the game i liked playing it i liked spending time with cassandra and you know uh, working out going through her story and the journey of it all and stuff like that and it's i i wanted to finish it like i like finishing games it's it's kind of rare that i i don't finish a game which again i think it's like we've discussed on the pod before but I, I i wanted to get it done i just i couldn't spend too much time playing it because it just would have become a chore then and it would have you know hindered my enjoyment of it yeah so you've you mentioned the side quest a couple of times and i do think that is a big thing that these large games need they need a good side quest writing yeah and not a lot of games have that do you have any um, particular favourite side quests that you can remember? Uh, it's hard to remember specifics because I would have done a lot of them a long time ago. <laughs> That's fair. Because <laughs> my last kind of few sessions when I've gone back to playing it has been kind of mopping up and then going and just doing the last uh, two missions, which were a hell of a lot shorter than they thought they were. I was good, they were going to be because I thought it was going to come down to a big battle, but I just talked my way out of it, and it was like, oh, that's the end of the game. Oh. Okay, <laughs> bye then. I, I did have that big fight with my brother because I chose to kind of talk him round. Ah. I, yeah, I thought we were going to have this big clash because he's all like, yeah, crazy and he's, he had this horrible life and he's like, rah, rah, rah. And then he's like, you know, like, no, no, I'm not going to be your brother. Uh, we're going to fight. And I was like, yeah, but what if we don't? He went, oh, yeah, fair enough. All right, we'll be family again. And then that was it. So, <laughs> I mean, the ending of the main story was a slight disappointment. But, I mean, I did enjoy, like, you know, meeting things, uh, things, people like uh, Socrates and stuff like that as well. You know, I spent my time pretending like I was talking to him like it was Bill and Ted. That was quite fun. <laughs> um, and, yeah, all the characters you kind of meet, uh, like Cassandra's pals and stuff like that, they have they have their own stories and stuff. And it's nice to get to know them a bit more. But it just got a bit of lost for me because it was such a long time between doing these things that you lose yeah. that momentum. And I've got a terrible memory anyway, so... No, that's fair. Like, what's important is you remember enjoying the side quests because yeah. a bad side quest yeah, that definitely sticks in the mind as well. Like, it can really drag down your enjoyment. I remember the first Watch Dogs had some really lousy like side content. Mm. Like, the main story wasn't particularly good anyway. I don't think that series got good until Watch Dogs Two. Yeah, yeah. I still think that's like the peak of the series, but Watch Dogs Legion was pretty good. But Watch Dogs 1 was that was a charted play, and part of it was piss poor side quests. So the fact that you can acknowledge that Odyssey has good side quests, I think that says a lot about how much the writings improved on the series. Especially when you said Origins had bad side quests. I remember you saying that as well. Yeah, yeah, they were just kind of a very like standard, like go here, do this, boom, done. 
and it's definitely like an, an improvement that Odyssey has on Origins is that they definitely put more effort into making the story bigger by sort of like you know umbrellaing it out to these other side characters and stuff yeah it's such a key thing with games this side because the, the story can only carry you so far because they can only write so much main story in these games when the map's so big mm. they need to do something with the rest of the map and <laughs> a problem with like especially like the far cry games and stuff like that is just repetitive tasks like freeing outposts and shit like that oh yeah so if you need something with some writing to sink your teeth into that's why the witcher 3 has such a enduring appeal it's a game that i've constantly wanted to go back to at least 50 percent of the story at <laughs> the side quests even that's a, such a big pull in these games yeah you need good you need good writing all up across the board well and to draw another example as well like um because i've been playing cyberpunk recently and i know you know we've chatted about this and you know how much we both love it again it's got that kind of three tier of uh, missions where you've got your main story the side quest and then your your jobs and the stuff that you do just to level up and get loot and that sort of thing but even yeah. that third tier in cyberpunk i find really interesting because they're always so varied that they always come down to sort of like helping someone, stealing something, you know, killing someone or, you know, knocking yeah. them out sort of thing. But they're all in different locations. They have different types of enemies. There's different approaches to do it. And you know, they maybe they do get a bit of samey sort of, but nowhere near the level that Assassin's Creed Odyssey does, which is literally the same approach every single time. I feel like the, the lack of variety in approach has been a thing that Assassin's Creed has struggled with since the beginning. Yeah. Like I remember saying earlier, I wanted it to be like Hitman where you had a sandbox that you could play in and be creative and find different ways to do accomplished tasks and it's very much just maybe one or two options for completing a task in these games yeah yeah it's been a constant issue with the games but at this point it's part of the formula so it feels like they're never going to change that yeah I mean it almost feels like that's an Ubisoft problem you know just across yeah. all of their games yeah it's true like with watchdogs they try i mean they try to add a bit of variety but yeah at the end of the day the most the, the main ways to do it are if you do involve hacking because that's their core gimmick they have to bring it back to that somehow <laughs> yep so it doesn't doesn't and there's only so many things you can do with a hack on each le like mission yeah like, so it yeah. kind of limits your options a bit it's not as um varied as they tried to sell it back in the days of e3 with that controversial demo oh yeah definitely not like i definitely found a style that worked for me in those games. It's like, well, I'll just do that then because I know it kind of works. Yeah. So you, you have finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey. What were your final impressions of it? Where would you rank it among other Assassin's Creed games? Did it meet your initial impressions? Generally, how do you feel now that you're done other than being kind of relieved? <laughs> yeah, I am kind of relieved. Relieved in a very different way to your relief. I mean, yeah, I... I think it's a good game. I enjoyed most of the time that I spent with it. It weirdly has the least connection to the Assassins out of any of the other games. Like, they aren't invented until Origins, and this takes place a few hundred years before that. But yeah. it's got things like, it's got the Isu doing weird shit. It's got hints to, like, this cult that you have to hunt down is maybe going to go on to become, like, the Templars, or at least, you know, give them the idea to do what they do. And, you know, you stab things from a bush with a, a blade slash spear. So, you know, it's got the hints of the assassins in there. But then, like I said earlier, I'm someone who likes all the bollocks lore of this franchise. Like, I like the lineage yeah. of the assassins. Like, I was a fan of Desmond and all, like, the modern stuff that <laughs> went on. Uh, yeah, that's me. I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I really, what I really liked about these games was battling the Templars across different time periods but you know obviously the series had to move on because you can't do that for every game like they did try that quite a lot but i do miss that stuff and i put 
240 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey overall. Fucking hell. And there's still a bunch of stuff that I didn't do or just ignored because I was ready to finish the game. Uh, and I, I was ready to finish it as well when I got to that and just be done with it. Like, it's it's big, it's long, and the, the biggest issue with the game is that it doesn't earn any of that. You know, yeah. if I'd stuck to the main story and done a few of the mini quests here and there, and maybe if they could have shaved... 100 to 150 hours off that i would have liked it a lot more <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of good characters in there but it just gets lost in all that filler you know like the story's yeah. good the setting's great cassandra is one of my favorite protagonists from the series and i'm really glad that my odyssey is over now until valhalla obviously that i was about to ask that uh it's it's a question i was dreading to ask but are you going to be playing many more assassin's creed games in the near future <laughs> well i mean as we record this it's not that long after they've just done the announcement about what they're doing or their plans for the for the future of the franchise because yeah. we've got like a few more on the horizon coming up i will play valhalla at some point when i've had a nice break from odyssey so it could be in five yeah. years it could be in five minutes i don't know <laughs> like it would just yeah. be at some point and but, the announcements seem quite exciting. Like they, they've obviously they've they've said all this stuff about they're going back to how it used to be and changing it up a little bit. Like one of them's going to be like stealth, one of them's going to be an RPG. So they're trying different things. So if they get good reviews, it might be one of those things that I pick up come a sale again, because I don't think they've won me back enough just yet to buy them on release date. Right. Yeah. Because it was um, Mirage and Codename Red. Yeah. yeah. Mirage is the one that's going to be back to basics, like set in the Middle East, medieval kind of thing. Yeah, and it's got a character um, from Valhalla, I think, it's set around. Yes. Yeah. My, I'm interested in Mirage, like, so that might be what makes me eventually try Valhalla, just so I'm up to date on the story. That was my thinking as well. <laughs> Codename Red is the one that's going to be set in Japan, and that's going to be more like the largest maps and things like that yeah and uh, that's just... what i'm worried about because if it's the larger maps again and it's set in japan which you know assassin's creed fans have wanted for years but now you know i've played ghost of tishima so like it's not going to be as good as that because <laughs> that it's game not is great be remotely as good as that no <laughs> that's my thinking as well it's like, like once upon a time yeah an assassin's creed game set in japan i would have bought straight yeah. away but yeah. i know a perfect version of that idea mm -hmm. and it's not going to be one made by ubisoft so <laughs> I think I'll, I'll look I'll look into Mirage, see what the reviews are like from people that are a bit more sceptical about Assassin's Creed than me, because I've seen a lot of people still give these games good reviews. Obviously, they still, they still have an appeal. Like, Valhalla did very well review-wise, but I have heard from people that are burnt out on the, the series and the yeah. style that they're yeah. adopted now that said Valhalla's a slog, so I'm concerned about that, but I am interested in Mirage. If they can bring back the magic of the original games. Yeah, that, that definitely appeals to me. Like, I'm, I'm cautious about it. So, and, you know, this is someone who does enjoy these games for the most part. So I'm interested. It might be fun to maybe play it and do a review on it. Like, it could be, you know, fun to kind of examine it compared to what we've spoken about today. So that could be an option. Yeah. I mean, I can always try and pester Ubisoft about getting a review key. As long as they haven't heard any of our previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't know anything about me as a person or the things I've said or think. It's going to be a bit like going to Mark Wahlberg and asking for free tickets to his next film. They used to be really nice to me, Ubisoft, when I worked for Digital Fix, but ah. like that's when I kind of kept, I toned myself down a little bit. Now I'm on my own, I'm, I'm my own boss sort of thing. And I say what the hell I like. So that, that's us done with Assassin's Creed, at least for the time being, until Chip comes up on the podcast and tells me he's playing Valhalla. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that day, I'm not going to lie. 
give me a lot of time. Even if you are playing it, just don't tell me. Just wait a couple of months. <laughs> I'll, I'll like, break I, it out when you're not I'm expecting asking. it. Don't worry. Okay, thank you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but this is your fault, in a way, because you've made me uh, want to play yeah. these games just to troll you. I, I, I do admit it's partly my fault, because I, I took... I didn't even take the bit. I just kind of like started gnawing on the bones, and then suddenly you saw there was an opportunity there. I should have known that you, what you're like with a bit, you will drive that thing into the ground. Oh yeah. But I just yeah. Once I'd already said it and made my feelings known, I couldn't stop because like yeah, I'm easily provoked apparently. <laughs> but anyway, that's us done. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if this is your first time with us, this was a really weird choice of yours. Because this is kind of all dependent on having a bit of back knowledge about our both of our relationships with Assassin's Creed. So, but <laughs> if you did, good on you for getting us this far in a weird discussion about Assassin's Creed between somebody who hates the series and somebody who's in a weird Stockholm syndrome with it. <laughs> oh God, that's so perfect! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, give us a follow on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, bookmark our website, which is oneuppod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at oneuppod. That's one u p p odd. If you'd like to follow me for some reason, I'm on Twitter at truly underscore defective. And where can they find you to talk about Assassin's Creed? Chip. I am at the Chip Thompson on Twitter. Nice. So uh, let us know what you think about the Assassin's Creed series, or more specifically, let Chip know. I, I don't want to know. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, tag both I'm of done. us, please. We, actually, yeah, scrap what I just said. <laughs> I can edit this out, but I won't. Don't tell us anything about Assassin's Creed. We don't care. I do. No. Yes. Enough. Yes. We're done. <laughs> We're going to make this the Assassin's Creed podcast. As- a- AC pod. <laughs> I don't know. We're not rebranding. It's just, I've already paid for the, the URL. It's yeah, it's too late now. I'll, I'll go and start my own little side project. Thank you. All in your own. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> this is taking a turn. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see you around. And don't forget to get a life and play video games. Other video games, preferably. <laughs>